Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Well, uh, thank you everyone for joining into the live show. This is Thrive Bites, uh, the new on on air live series with staying well amongst COVID nineteen, and I have a very special guest uh, for this weekend edition. Uh, this is Angie Kraus. I'm going to uh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it, love it, love it. So I understand, uh, you know, this is your first uh, live show. It is. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I know this is a very interesting times. Uh, please, why don't you introduce yourself, um, you know, just to give the audience members who those of uh, um, in the audience right now doesn't uh, know who you are and uh, tell where you're calling from right now. Well, first of all, Colin, thank you so much for having me as your guest. I'm honored and it feels really good to be of service right now in this interesting time. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what transpires in this conversation with you and our guests. So I'm calling in currently from St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm a Midwest girl, born and raised. I actually split my time between Minnesota and the West Coast, LA, but I'm currently in Minnesota. I am a global leadership consultant, presenter, I'm a facilitator, and a leadership intuitive. So in a nutshell, Colin, just to sum it up in a quick, easy way, I really champion for global leaders and every human being on this planet. I genuinely, from the most sincere place in my heart, want us all to win. I really have a deep, deep, deep love and appreciation for people. I work with a wide variety of clients, um, most of them being CEOs, global business leaders, companies, entrepreneurs, dignitaries, all over the world. And my mission is empowering them to be the global leaders that they were born to be for the greatest good of us all. So I really work from a very soulful place in business. And one of my specialties is to help people really navigate ego and fear in their professional life and always come to the table in the earth in their highest leadership from a place of soul and honor and valor. Mm, mm. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and, uh, you know, you and I, we've known each other actually for a very long time. And um, I highly, highly regard and highly value, you know, you as a person, number one. And uh, number two, how you express yourself. Um, and I think these are uh, just uh, just very interesting times. You know, I don't want to... I'm a big believer that words create a certain type of energy. Um, and um, I'm a big believer that uh, words can, um, 
really impart positively positivity or negativity. And, um, you know, like, for example, our president, for better or worse, you know, when he says something, you know, something, you know, <laughs> you know, a.k.a., you know, uh, says something works, something doesn't work, you know, a lot of different things, whether you like him or not, tends to ensue. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think that we all as human beings, um, you know, those of us who have the ability to speak, um, because not all of us are, have the ability to speak, um, tend, you know, I, I would advocate being mindful of what comes out, right? Being mindful of your thoughts, being mindful of who you are and, you know, what that actually does for your fellow here, human being, your neighbor, your loved ones, things like that. Um, and I think now because we are more indoors and more, you know, going inward within ourselves, you know, we're trying to be more mindful of our surroundings and our environment, not just, not only including, you know, hygiene and all that stuff. So. I couldn't agree more with you on that, you know, and I love that you described it as an interesting time because that's exactly how I've been using that vernacular as well. It's, it can be so easy when the fear feels real and it does to many of us at those times to throw out words that this is a crazy time, this is a frightening time, this is a terrifying time, this is so scary, um, it's very unsettling. Even though that might be what we're feeling in those moments, the reality is this is a time of great change. And the thing with change, as we all know, is it is uncomfortable. It can be very, very uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to be unpleasant, Colin. And working with the energy of words, you know, the collective consciousness, we're going to get into that more later, but, you know, our conscious minds don't know the difference if we're telling it the truth or a lie. So if we can affirm and more put energy on what it is that we want to create, for example, in this time of history, we want to create wellness but so many of us are focusing on illness. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that actually increases, it increases the wellness. And I'm the same way with you about words. I love words and the meanings and energy behind them. And I've always loved that the word wellness has we in it. Mm -hmm. and the world illness has I in it. Mm -hmm. So right now it's, it's really helpful and important that we all just recognize what is going on in the world and be conscious of it. And obviously we have to be very cautious in, in what we're doing to make sure we keep ourselves and others safe, but it's a time of change and it's also really a time of awakening. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, uh, you know, concur with all that. Um, I want to go over three topics with you you know, you and I, you know, we've collectively, you know, want to focus on, on uh, three topics. And uh, the three topics are courage, compassion, and like you have mentioned before, collective consciousness. Um, so before I start, um, I just want the listeners to know that, you know, throughout the um, session, you have the ability to, you know, call in, um, you know, from your mobile app into the live show. So if you guys hear something and you have a question, uh, let us know and um, I'll be able to um, have one person at a time um, and then we can, you know, kind of field people's questions and, you know, we would love to answer anyone's concerns and worries and or maybe just comments and feedback. So, um, you know, that's the point of an on-air show. Um, so the first question, 
question, uh, actually, first topic I want to talk about is courage, right? Um, I think I think courage can mean different things, you know, whether it's the the firefighter, um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the firefighter that runs into a burning building or someone that is drowning and someone, you know, a very bold stranger dives in to rescue them. But courage could also mean, um, you know, just opening up, you know, being vulnerable and uh, lending a hand or maybe sharing a very, very, uh, sharing a very, um, you know, deep, deep and uh, deep and uh, scary moment with someone else. You know, can you comment on that uh, for the listening uh, audience? I think that's a great point, Colin. You know, what we're finding is courage is taking on a whole different meaning in this time of our lives. And if you, you know, you mentioned firefighters, and obviously that is one that we've traditionally held as courageous. But what I think is absolutely beautiful is so many of the unsung heroes are showing up in ways that are so courageous and brave. Healthcare workers, grocery store workers, you know, our government officials, people that have long been overlooked, teachers, right? People mm-hmm. that we just take for granted every day and don't really realize what's all encompassed within their position. You know, healthcare workers are literally putting themselves on the line. They're putting their lives at stake for us. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And there's so many different industries, and I certainly don't want to leave out anybody, but we're starting to really see and recognize all the people that are heroes in our world. And really, in this big time of change, we all have to be a hero. You know, we all have to step up and really champion for our world. That's kind of how we came up this topic, Colin, is because each one of us quite literally has an effect on our health care and the well-being of every person in this country. That has not been anything that we've seen before. So that is, that is one point that I love that you brought up. The second point is the courage in being vulnerable and being brave. And here's the thing, you know, a lot of people, clients I'm talking to, and it doesn't matter if they're a Fortune 500 CEO or if they're a small business or entrepreneur, you know, when we don't feel confident about something, we want the confidence first to be able to do what we want to do to accomplish it. And that's just not the way that it works. How it works is you have to have courage and be brave first. But that doesn't mean you're not experiencing fear. It means you're feeling that fear And you're going to do what is courageous and brave anyhow. And so many people right now in the world with health issues and financial issues that are coming up, we're all looking for for that confidence. And it's just stepping into yourself and being courageous and brave. One of the most effective ways that you can do that, as counterintuitive as it is, is to share with others that lack of confidence or the feeling that you're feeling of scared and asking for help and receiving support without mm-hmm. being fear of judged, being fear of looking weak. This is a time when everybody has the opportunity to say, hey, I am feeling really stressed out about this and I'm wondering if you could help walk me through it or I'm not able to go help my mother day. Could you help me out? These are times when it's really beautiful and there's an opening 
for being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple of things with that is that, you know, I, I totally agree with, you know, I think a lot of people mentally think that they need to kind of gain, you know, courage, you know, and I think, uh, you know, looking back at our adolescence years and uh, when we have the ability to start drinking, you know, um, let's just say you have a crush on someone and, you know, alcohol, you know, is a form of liquid courage that we think that, okay, let me get, let me, let me, let me just kind of, you know, drink up the courage to be able to approach this person that I have a crush on, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but the thing is, is that in my opinion, I think courage really, really, and bravery really comes into play when you actually refocus and, and just go ahead and focus on the target. So if it's a certain goal or if it's a certain destination or if it's a certain you know thing you want to achieve, don't focus on the confidence. The confidence will follow once you focus on the target of what you want to achieve. If you are scared, uh, if you're just scared and you're shaking your boots, you know, I think that's a sign in my opinion that, you know, it's the right thing to do. And, you know, sometimes you have to you know, play your, you have to use your own judgment to see, okay, if it's something that resonates with you or if it's something that doesn't resonate with you. And if it's something that resonates with you, you feel strongly about it, but you're still scared about it. I think it's perfectly okay to still do it. um, And the confidence will, will come after that. I couldn't agree more. You you express that really beautifully. And, you know, even talking about words, another word I love is that, you know, the words scared and sacred have the same letters in them. And there is such a quick way that you can flip your thinking. But one of the ways to get into your heart and soul and navigate from that fear first is allowing yourself to feel it. You know, a lot of people are feeling fear right now, and that is normal, and that is justifiable in what is going on in the world. So how you get that energy to flow through you is to acknowledge it and deal with it in a very conscious, healthy way. So for example, you know, kids that love going to school aren't able to go to school right now. College kids that are, you know, really looking forward to their last year in college or graduating from high school aren't able to do that right now. We as adults sometimes forget because we're so far away from that, how important all that is to them, right? That, that's meaningful to them. And they might not always have the exact words to know how to express it. And as fixers, as adults, as most of us are, we genuinely want to go and make it better. We don't want to see a child or young adult that we love hurting. So we quickly go to point out what is positive about the situation. And there's a place for that, but it's also a really good opportunity to really listen to those children because a lot of their fears will help bring out a lot of our fears. And you'd be surprised what an amazing conversation and a given forth back and take you could have with a child about fear that will actually help you settle your own fears. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. I know, I know during these times, um, people 
are, you know, you could see on social media for those of us, um, you know, we tend, because we're more indoors, we are looking towards social media to get the latest update. But, you know, the, the, the less positive aspect of it is that people keep retweeting or resharing the same panic stricken video or someone's reaction. And, um, you know, we are in a very interesting time. Um, but I think in order to be able to move forward, we need to be able to find the peace and the calmness and the serenity amongst each other. Right. And to be able to cultivate that, you know, on our own. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the different practices we know we can, you know, start continuing to practice or maybe take up as a new practice is, you know, things like fitness and physical activity and meditation and yoga and deep breathing. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to, um, you know, to do that. You know, for me, I try to put in at least, you know, about 20 to 30 minutes of physical activity a day. Um, I have a lot of colleagues, um, you know, that are meditation experts that are a lot of great meditation apps right now. Um, Headspace is a great app. Um, 10% Happier is a great app. Um, and then a lot of corporations and companies are stepping up to be able to help people that are out there to either reset, you know, reduce anxiety and stress. Um, so question for you is, you know, for those of us that, let's just say before coronavirus, the pandemic has started, um, you know, they already had a foundation of anxiety and depression. Um, and they want, you know, they have less opportunities to, you know, go and meet someone, you know, now we have to connect virtually now, you know, what would you say to them would be great, you know, techniques, um, strategies, um, to be able to share, um, you know, that while they're indoors right now to be able to kind of, um, you know, seek a better balance. That's a great question, Colin. So, you know, I'm going to lead in with this because it'll all connect up. One of the questions I'm receiving a lot is, you know, what in the world is going on? Which makes me slow it down to what in the world is going on? You know, what's really going on here? And slowing, just even slowing that question down to get really thoughtful and conscious and mindful of what's going on. And as a leadership intuitive, what came through to me instantly is that it is a slow down for everything. We have been going so fast and furious in this world for so long. And the truth of the matter is stress and the disease of overworking causes more cancer, more heart attacks, more strokes, more accidents, more illness than this virus ever has. So one of the gifts of this virus is it's really helping us all slow down and come home to ourselves. And I mean that in a very literal, figurative and metaphorical way. We are literally at home. You know, people that have been wishing that they don't have to have a long commute are now able to work from home. Mm -hmm, Families mm -hmm. are able to be together. So a lot of what we've collectively put out there is happening. And to really bring that full circle to answer your question, I feel one of the most important things that we can all do and that is really courageous is to be soulfully honest with yourself right now about what you want for yourself and your world and what your highest vision is for our world. I believe wholeheartedly meditation, exercise, connection, you know, being socially active with other people is so important, but it all begins 
with a relationship with ourself. Mm -hmm. And people are losing jobs, some of them that they really didn't want to be in anyhow, if they're completely honest with themselves, right? Other people are having coming to Jesus's and really internal struggles that they were feeling bad or guilty because they weren't seeing their elderly parents as much. Well, now they are, but they're still beating themselves up for all the past, right? So it's just this time to be able to stop and get honest with what you want to create for your life. And then once you have that, once you have the clarity on that, then sharing that with others. Because just like this conversation we're having here, once you open up to others, they're going to open up to you too. And you're going to find that there's so many new beginnings in what we're considering the end of the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that because, um, you know, I think a large part of my adult life, you know, a lot of go, 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 meaning, you know, not necessarily, um, you know, I have to, you know, I have to get to the next thing in sense of, you know, I have to meet this deadline. I have to meet this, you know, uh, whatever. It's more for me personally, go, go, go in terms of like, okay, what is the next thing I can accomplish? What is the next, you know, uh, mile marker? What is the next checkpoint? Right. And I think the society as a whole, as Americans, you know, we collectively need to be obsessive, obsessively busy. And, you know, I mentioned this in my, um, other, uh, you know, podcast episodes for those of you guys who do not know me, I'm Colin Zhu. I'm host of Fry Bites, our regular season, and we've postponed the season season two right now to do this COVID series. So I thank you for listening on. Um, and, uh, now it, you know, going back to my topic, it's, you know, we need to be able to slow down right? And um, we need to be able to go inward. And I think for those of us, you know, I think it's great. You mentioned families, you know, we have more quality time with families, right? But there's a lot of us that are living and staying at home by ourselves. So, you know, because we were used to go, 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 you know, I think it's important, you know, to be able to slow down, slow down our breath, slow down our thinking, you know, even slow down our daily routines. Now, a lot of life has, you know, kind of taking a pause. And I think it's very interesting that a virus is in a way, we're trying to spin this uh, positively, is forcing us to slow down, you know, if you think about it. It it really is. And, you know, an interesting note on that is what's been really not at all unexpected, but just actually really joyish to hear is the CEOs that I'm working with. And these are people that work with the companies that affect, you know, affect us. They have all said, Angie, I am feeling more calm and more at ease than I ever have in a very long time. (laughs) And this is despite sales diminishing. This is despite having to figure out how people work from home or if they have to lay off people. It's it's a slowdown. And if you, I don't know what you've experienced, Colin, or listeners have experienced, but when I'm out walking now, I would say 99% of people look me in the eye, make eye contact with me, and give me a very generous hello. Little kids are running out of the house to wave at me and tell me, I love your dogs. Mm -hmm. Teenagers are slowing their bikes down to tell me to have a good day. People are really coming together. And I, the one of the best quotes that I 
that I've noticed throughout this whole experience is, and the world came together as people stayed apart. So as people are reconnecting with themselves, they're reaching out to others and connecting in much more conscious, soulful ways. People are not on their phones outside. Even when people are on social media, what we've been finding before is most people are just going on social media to check out. People are actually really going on social media now to check in. Mm. You see see all these beautiful experiences of people coming together in these virtual orchestras. I, I have a friend in high school and she has been, she's a teacher and she is putting out the most amazing fun videos for her students and they're getting to see a whole different silly side of her. There is amazing things going on out there for connection. It's just, we're looking at it differently now. And I really genuinely feel like we are waking up. I fe- mm. feel like we were asleep at the wheel and this has really woken us up. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. I think waking up is the most important thing. It's, you know, for those of us who've watched, you know, the Matrix series with Keanu Reeves, or um, if anyone has read the series, um, The Four Agreements with Don Miguel Ruiz, um, both uh, similarly talk about being waking up from a dream, waking up from a illusion. And, you know, if you try to take a step back at looking at your life and looking at it from a bird's eye view, you know, in in a sense, the world is almost living in like a dreamlike state, right? We're just doing daily routines, you know, rote. Uh, we're just doing daily routines um, and not really questioning certain things. And now we're given the opportunity to question it. We're given the opportunity to kind of look at what have we been doing this whole time and trying to figure out, okay, after this pandemic passes and it will pass, um, you know, what can I do differently? How can we improve? Um, you know, how can I look at how my actions have affected someone else? So I would love to kind of talk about um, the next uh, topic, which is compassion. And um, I kind of, um, I, I, I would like to kind of look at it from a before and after type of definition. Um, for me, the before definition in terms of before the pandemic is, you know, being able to share a certain energy, a certain, you know, energy of sympathy for someone else, um, you know, being number, be able to understand them and putting your shoes um, into them. Um, the after pandemic, you know, I think about, you know, really, 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 you know, what am I imagining myself you know, when someone is scared um, or anxious or in panic right now, and how can I best serve them? So I want you to kind of share, you know, what your thoughts are about compassion during these times. You know, Colin, it's interesting because I, I love compassion. I'm often described as a very compassionate person. And for me, what I am noticing in our world is that this has also created an opening, not just for compassion for others, but compassion for yourself. I really believe that everything really does start with ourselves in order to radiate our best out in the world. And, you know, I have family members that are in healthcare, you know, in, in the dangerous situations where they could, you know, get this virus. And I see firsthand that real fear, but still the courage that they're going in. And I'm 
always mindful of how I can put myself in that person's shoes to feel what they might be feeling because I have no idea what it is, right, to be in a children's emergency room right now. But my family member does. I have other family members and friends that have lung issues, and I can only imagine what it must feel like for them to experience that. So really what it takes is just, again, a slowing down and stopping for a minute and genuinely putting yourself in the other person's shoes. If you were a teacher right now, how would you feel? If you were a grocery store worker right now, how would you feel? If you were an 85-year-old grandmother right now, how would you feel? The more we can start putting ourselves into others' place, then we really have a beautiful, compassionate spirit for the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, I want to I wanna give a shout out to, uh, you know, the grocery workers, you know, everyone that isn't, you know, a uh, healthcare worker, you know, but are just as important, like you said before, you know, grocery workers, the bank tellers, the janitors, you know, the people that clean up on a day to day, the housekeepers, you know, I definitely want to, you know, salute, you know, all these people because they're, you know, they need to be recognized as well. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, just as important, but I do agree with you in terms of compassion is that, you know, we need to do, we have to increase our efforts to be able to increase our understanding of someone else. And, you know, you may never work um, in a pediatric emergency room. You may never work, you know, in a hospital. But, you know, if we can take the time to actually put ourselves, you know, in people's shoes and see, you know, try to see what they see, I think it, it will help us bridge the gap you know, for our connections with one another. And I think, you know, that's uh, super important. Um, let's move on to our third uh, topic. Um, you know, I, and I think this is probably, you know, the most important topic in terms of collective consciousness. Um, you know, what do we mean by that? Let's first define it, right? And what does it mean in terms of, you know, where we are right now? Um, to me, collective consciousness is, even though we are, uh, I don't even know how many we are right now, seven and a half billion right now, um, you know, I think we are all individual voices, but at the same time, we have this non-visual tangibility of connectedness. And, you know, yes, human beings are very social creatures and, you know, we need each other, but there's a certain sense that we are all connected, right? It's kind of hard to pinpoint. You can't really see it, right? But we're all connected. And I think the divisions of borders and the color of our skin and politics and religion, they tend to separate us. And we tend to exaggerate and we tend to emphasize that um, before coronavirus, um, you know, in the news and in the media um, and how we, you know, you know, just express to one another. And this leads to arguments and battles and fights and wars and all this other stuff. But now we have something like the virus that comes about and says, hey, you know, it's affecting all of us. It doesn't matter who you are, right? Before it was, we're focused on chronically ill and elderly. And now, you know, New York, which is the epicenter, you know, of everything, 
um, you know, it's affecting 55% 18 to 49 year olds, right, is a statistic I just read three days ago, right? So it's affecting everyone, you know, not no one is immune to this, sort of speak, right? So can you speak to that, uh, speak about that? Absolutely. You know, and Colin, if I may, I'm going to to tie in a little bit of compassion that ties into collective consciousness. I think it's a good a good segue and something that will really kind of show how together we can be more for the entire world. So one of the things that we're seeing worldwide and a big topic is hoarding, taking more than you need, for example, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to really circle that back to compassion because, you know, it's, it's on one end of the spectrum, you can have selfish, right? And selfish means disregard for others and not wanting others to have what you have. That is very fear-based. It's at the far end of the fear-based spectrum. Then they're self-absorbed. And what that is speaking to is when people are are temporarily absorbed in their own energy field, in their own field. And it's not that they don't want others to have anything, but in that moment, they are far from their soul and they are just thinking about what their needs are for their family. Then we have self-aware, right? And that's when you are very conscious of what you are doing and being in the world and how you're showing up. And that's definitely heart-centered. And then there's selfless, right? And those are the people that are giving generously for the greater good. Now, sometimes selfless is not always of the highest soul because if you are not able, you're giving everything away, you're not able to take care of yourself. Ultimately, that's just going to deplete yourself and others. That the sweet spot, I believe, is to be in self-aware where you are very conscious of where you are and how you're showing up in the world. And here is the really important caveat to that. When you see somebody in the grocery store that has temporarily forgotten who they are, because that's all fear does, it just, Mm -hmm. for a minute, it forgets us, right? Instead of calling people out, call them up. Call them up to their highest leadership and humanity and do it from a place of compassion. Because when we all lose ourselves for a minute, the last thing we need is anybody telling us how awful we are. Chances are that person is already feeling that way about themselves. So if you can mindfully get them to slow down and get in their heart, you will find you often can have a really great conversation. And I had this actually just happen um, on Friday, which was really interesting. I was at a grocery store. I was in line. There was a woman behind me and there was an elderly man in front of me. And she said, hey, I think we're supposed to get in this other line. I could recognize that it was a social distancing line. I could tell that she didn't. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I think they're setting this up this way for a reason. And you could just tell she was getting impatient, impatient, impatient. Well, she decided to move ahead of the line in front of this elderly gentleman. And And he called her out. What are you doing? You know, and I could just see this was going to go one of two ways. And she got defensive and, you know, her hair went up and he was the same way. And she immediately went to, well, you don't have to be so rude about it. And he stopped and he went, I apologize. He's like, but this is how it works. She went back in line. She went behind me and I could feel her energy seething. I could feel it, Colin. And I looked at her and you can off. Here's a really good tip for you. You can always tell when somebody's in fear 
or if they're in their soul and heart just by looking in their eyes. You know, eyes are genuinely the window to the soul. And I could see fear and I could see pain. I could see that she was beating herself up a little bit for what she had just did. And I could tell she was just gonna say something again. And I just looked at her eye to eye and in a calm voice, I said, be kind, just be kind. And I saw fear rise more and her face turned red and I just looked at her with love and I said, be kind, just be kind. Right now people are all on edge, it's okay. And she softened and she looked at me and she was completely in her heart again. She said, you're right, you're right, thank you. So that's just a small example of what any of us can do. Right now, people are on edge. It doesn't mean it is right or good or better for the world that people are hoarding things, but there's a way that you can handle it that is of grace, of an empowerment. Hey guys, we're gonna be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, thank you for sharing that example. Um, personally, I had an example uh, yesterday as well, and also relating to the grocery store. Um, I had a patient uh, that called in, and he was lurk- looking for a return to work, um, you know, note from his primary care um, office. And, uh, you know, I'm not naming names, but he, you know, worked um, at a very popular grocery store. And, um, you know, he had gotten sick um, early March and basically self-quarantined himself. He was asked by his employer and he decided to do, you know, the right thing. And he actually did not seek um, any medical treatment or, um, you know, he didn't even go into a doctor's office. And so he called in requesting for a note and I was like, well, how come you didn't, you know, follow up or get seen and stuff like that? And he said that he didn't want to risk being exposed, uh, exposed to other people, right? Um, He didn't even go out to get something at the pharmacy, you know, just over-the-counter medicine. He already had some um, mucinex or Robitussin over-the-counter, for example, right? And... um, and, I, and he's only 35. And I, and I said to myself, you know, you know, thank you for, you know, thank you for thinking of others, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and he was like, yeah, you guys already have enough to do. I didn't really want to come in and bother you guys. And I just thought to myself, you know, we have the opposite spectrum where you have a lot of patients that are frantically calling to just wanting to get tested because, you know, they develop a cough or develop, you know, what they think a, a, a fever is. And even though, you know, we don't test everyone, um, you know, there's certain, you know, guidelines we have to meet and certain screening guidelines we have to meet, you know, they're, they're like, I don't care. I just want to get tested, you know? Um, so you have, you know, we, we have the ability. It's not to say that we don't, we have the ability to, um, you know, think of others and put ourselves in other people's shoes and also remind them, like, you know, you have in your example, that we can continue to practice, you know, kindness. Um, my next question is, you know, what do you think moving forward, you know, maybe like a forecast or maybe predicting like, you know, where do you think the world will go after this pandemic will end in terms of, you know, collective consciousness? You know, how do you think people will be different? 
That's an interesting question too. You know, I feel like we have to really kind of, again, same thing to circle back and put it into context with your first question is how we show up right now in our collective consciousness is going to help determine the energy foundation for the future. So what I know for certain is that energy follows energy. You know, that's not just a bunch of woo-woo spiritual stuff. That is, that is quantum physics and the law of energy. So how we put energy on things right now is really gonna have a huge effect on how this virus even plays out. So when we put energy on something, it expands. So if we are all putting energy as a collective consciousness on the fear and the strength of this virus, it only increases its strength and it's gonna stay around longer where we can all help to move the collective consciousness is to put all of our energy on wellness and staying well, being well, wishing well for others. And that includes every single person. I thought you mentioned something so beautiful about, you know, this virus doesn't discriminate. It's really puts everybody on a level playing field. Mm -hmm. And if you have even an ounce of hatred in your heart, for any person of any different nationality, creed, religion, political party. The gift of this virus is now is get that out of you. Now is the time to release any of that, right? Now is the time where regardless if you believe in our world leaders, if you support our world leaders, how you can positively affect the world for all of us is to send them energy to be of their highest leadership and it doesn't matter if you believe in them what you want from them is to rise up from their soul and to be the best part of themselves for our greater good people can go on and you know you can put your hate aside for a little bit hopefully you'll put it aside forever and this Mm -hmm. will teach you that but that's a really big thing and i feel like we have to really look at the gifts, Colin, you know, the skies are clearing up. The skies in Asia are better than they have ever been in LA. Looking really good over there. <laughs> it does <laughs> right? from my perspective. <laughs> it's nice and sunny right now. So yeah, the smog's gone. So if we can start to all put our energy on what we want to create, what we all want is we want the world to be better for us all. We just have a very different idea of how to get there. But the thing is, is if this earth isn't a safe place for all, it doesn't matter what our own individual ideals are because we won't make it. We'll only make this together. And I feel like that is the overriding message is we are in this together. We have to pull together. And instead of it ending, once this virus has ended, we decide that the virus of hating the Democrats or hating the Republicans or hating this race or hating that race, it all has to stop. That's mm. a big, that's a big disease right there. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, I think that's a beautiful, you know, thing to, to bring up because, you know, if anything, at least for me, like it, it brings up a lot of old stuff, right? A lot of, you know, maybe things that are unprocessed or things you didn't even know that was kind of tucked away um, on the back burner. You didn't know that it came to the forefront because of this pandemic. Um, and I think, you know, I agree with you that it's important to address these things because if you don't in- address them in a healthy way, then it's going to come out 
um, in an unhealthy way, you know, whether it's raising your voice or getting into an argument or physically abusing someone, right? Or, you know, turning to the bottle or abusing, you know, narcotics, for example, right? So we need to be able to rise up, you know, to, you know, this, you know, help others rise up to ourselves and, and basically add to after this pandemic is to continue to add, you know, kindness and compassion and thinking of others and not just ourselves, because at the same, because no matter what, no matter your creed, color, political preference or religious, you know, preference is, is that we all live on the same planet, right? We're all here, right? And, you know, we all affect each other, right? And so, until something different happens, you know, we influence each other directly and indirectly. So I think the pandemic has given us an opportunity to do something different, you know, for the next time around, for after when this, you know, ends and it will end. Um, Angie, I want to, you know, be able to close um, and thank you and thank you to our listening audience. Um, you know, you guys can still call in if you have a question. Um, but I want uh, Angie to tell the audience members again, for those that came in later in the show, you know, who you are and where we can find you and reach out to you and, you know, see what you're offering right now. I appreciate that, Colin. And, you know, I want to ask you a question, if I may, because I feel like you have something really, really fantastic to offer and all the listeners. And one of the reasons I was so excited to do this live show with you, I know that you have traveled around the world extensively. How many countries have you been to? I've, uh, my last country I've been to, uh, was my 35th and, um, I've, uh, touched every continent, um, you know, humbly, humbly speaking. Well, and I know for a fact because of our work together that you have provided very caring and loving and thoughtful medical care to a lot of those countries. I feel because you have that global perspective, what is something that you can share with all of us? you know, not just here in the United States that really show us the global view, because more than anybody, you really have it. Yeah. So, um, I think one of the, one of the things I love about traveling and, um, you know, I personally travel a lot and I've done a lot of traveling medicine, um, as my work for the past, you know, four years, um, you know, I've done work in the Dominican Republic. I've done work in um, Cambodia, for example. Uh, you know, it's you find a lot of similarities and differences when you meet people from different countries. And you know, honestly, a lot of different things that I see um, is the opportunity to learn from one another, and that's what I do. Traveling to me is my second teacher. Um, you know, when we're born, um, you know. If we're lucky enough to have parents that care for us and are there, you know, they, they're the ones that teach us, right? Um, and for me, it's like after you grow up to a certain point, you know, the rest of the world teaches you and your life experiences teaches you. And so traveling to me is an opportunity to not only constantly learn, but also to give back because no matter what, there's only one Colin Zhu. There's only one Angie Krauss. There's only one of you, you know, and you have a unique potential and you have a unique expression and you have a unique, you know, opportunity to impart, 
you know, whatever that expression is onto the world. And so whether you decide to stay domestically or decide to travel internationally, um, you know, whether it's your next door neighbor or, you know, a, a quote unquote pen pal overseas, you know, we have the ability to affect, you know, someone else. And I just encourage our listeners to be able to affect um, in, in part, you know, a unique imprint and unique expression of yourself, um, you know, for someone else, because, you know, you never know, you actually can change someone else's life and inspire others. So, um, you know, that's what I hope to impart, you know, whether it's through my books or through, you know, this podcast series, um, and, uh, you know, through, you know, the medicine that I uh, practice as well, but, you know, just the genuine connections. Um, so thank you, Angie. I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Colin. And that was, that was spectacular how you shared what your gifts are and how you so willingly share them. And I am always very honored to be a part of your world because you provide so much care and deep intelligence and true heart in medicine. And you are a very selfless professional who really puts himself out there for the greater good. And, you know, you creating this Thrive Bites live series to really empower people and take a different take on the coronavirus. You know, our whole intention for this call was to have it be empowering and positive and uplifting and not focus on all the negative. It doesn't mean that that's not there, but you are doing and being your part to contribute to the world right now. And that's why I was felt so blessed to be a part of this because that's what I'm looking to do too. If I can just do a small part of helping people navigate their fear or just be compassionate to themselves and others or just start to focus on, you know what, what am I putting out in the world? Where am I putting my energy? Am I putting my energy on this illness or am I putting my illness or the energy on how I can contribute? That's huge. And that's what you'll find on my website to answer your question too. So you can find me and find out more about what I do and be in the world at uh, www.angiekrause, all one word, A-N-G-I-E-K-R-A-U-S-E.com. You can also link in with me on LinkedIn. And there's, there's a great connection opportunity for you on the website. If you did listen to this podcast, please drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you. And I just encourage you all to go out and do and be how you can contribute. If we all do that, this is going to end. We all know it's going to end, but it can end in the most beautiful way with us all working together across the entire globe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Angie. Um, I really, really appreciate you, know, you as a person, as a human being. Thank you for imparting your gifts and your unique expression to uh, our world. And you know, thank you, listeners. Um, you know, uh, this will be recorded uh, for those that are not able to jump on the live show. Um, and uh, hopefully we can disperse it and, you know, just pretty much stay, you know, share the love. So um, stay safe, everyone. Stay healthy. And uh, thank you for listening in to this new pot, uh, Thrive Bites uh, on air live series. Thank you, Angie, again, for your time and energy. Thank you, Colin. It's been a true pleasure, and I was happy to be of service. 
All right. Till the next time, guys. See you. Hey, guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.